please be advised. Spoiler alert episode. Spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Comedy Film Nerd, spoiler up 93. Double shot. Double shot. We're going to do a little a little half of us. Commercial and, free. And <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah. Us and Shazam. Yeah. Four minutes commercial free. <laughs> it's two minutes on each movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's do. We're gonna do Us and Shazam. These are the movies that we wanted to do spoiler ups on, but just for scheduling or other reasons, we haven't gotten to them yet. Yeah, you're getting them both in one app now. So we've done 464 regular ones plus mm-hmm. 93. So that is 557 episodes we have done. Well, I think there's more than that too, because there's also live episodes. There's episodes we've lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's like at least another 400. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. We lost a lot in the early days. I know. We really didn't know what we were doing. I mean, the first year, we didn't even buy equipment. We just talked to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you count the Neil episodes that are only on the Patreon. Yeah, there's two. Mm -hmm. We got to be over 600. Easily. 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 Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this is 93. We're halfway to 186. Yep. (laughs) We'll get there. Gonna get there. We'll get there, but uh, now this is a spoiler app, so we will be talking about the beginning, endings, and uh, especially the endings. We'll be giving away key plot points that we couldn't talk about on the regular episodes, so um, if you haven't seen the movies or if you have no intention of seeing the movies, um, buckle up. We're going to be talking about all of it, and usually we start with the endings, too. Yeah, so let's do Uh, Us first, um, because it's been out the longest. Yes. Uh, We obviously both like this movie Mm -hmm. when it comes out. Jordan Peele, man... Obviously, he was just who knew he was this like amazing horror director lying in wait. You know what it felt like too when he first announced it because it was a very definitive decision. I remember like he would do interviews and say, Yeah, I'm done with comedy. I'm only going to make horror movies now. This was before Get Out came out and everyone rolled their eyes like, Yeah, all right, let's see what he's going to mm-hmm. do. And then, uh, sure enough, um, he proved it. <laughs> he did. And, you know, uh, Get Out was really good. This movie was good. I didn't like it as much as Get Out. And uh, I thought it got way too kitchen sinky towards the end. Like, we're going to throw in a ton of stuff. And, uh, but I still enjoyed it. Like, it was the kind of movie that its flaws didn't ruin it for me. Like, a couple other movies, they did. But this one, it didn't. Yeah, I mean, the flaws are just sort of, for me, I almost felt like I was nitpicking a little, um, not that they weren't legitimate flaws. There were legitimate flaws There's in this movie, legit- sure. <laughs> but, but they, you, you're right. It wasn't that I was like, oh, God damn it. Yeah, I was like, forget ah, it. Yeah. okay, I can It wasn't it. the ending to Pet Cemetery. No. It wasn't. That, it wasn't that, it. Making that movie was a flaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. But, so, but, but this movie, like, I, it was interesting to see how everything kind of came together, like uh, all the different themes and the different um, ideas and even metaphors, you could say. Like uh, like the ha- whole Hands Across America thing. Like, who knew that was going to kind of come back towards the end of the wow. movie? And I'm like, I'm like, why are they spending so much time on this Hands Across America? Because if you remember, you know, we are product of the 80s. Um, it was a disaster. Yeah. It raised very little money. And the entire concept was completely stupid and flawed because uh, you can't make human chains over mountains and rivers. So <laughs> Yeah. Where, when, where were you going to do freeways and whatever? Yeah, There's yeah, all these yeah. things and, you can't you know, do. So it was like it was some weird ridiculous idea that um people didn't buy i mean it's not like live aid oh i get that yeah but this one what, what yeah are you we doing? all tune in at the same yeah. time or whatever yeah. 
But let's talk about the specific ending. So the yes. ending was a twisteroo. Yes. Where all right, so this she's the the untethered was the mother the whole time because yeah. they swapped at the beginning. And the reason she had this uh, voice is because um, she was a, a normal human that had forgotten, had lost her. Well, no, she was choked too. That's why um, because when the little girl, the regular little girl, saw the un, the untethered choked the regular little girl right and threw but didn't her, kill her and didn't kill her and mm. threw her back so it was a combination the un, untethered girl when she was in the regular world didn't know how to talk right so when the what we thought was, was trauma was was trauma wasn't her just learning how to speak so then mm. when the when the the creepy untethered family comes back when they right. the seal is broken or whatever mm -hmm. and she talks in this voice mm -hmm. i just thought oh that's just awesome they're just making all the untethered people talk creepy right and then we find out at the end no she was choked she's the real girl and she was the only one that could talk why is that yeah mm -hmm. and that's why she is the only one and she's been planning this mm -hmm. because she knew in the untethered world she could get around well, let me ask you this. Because, I love that, actually. Be because there was a couple of things where it, it got deliberately vague on purpose. Like um, the girl, the untethered girl that did took the uh, place of the mother and the, the original mother that ended up underneath as the untethered. I got the impression in a couple of places that they both had kind of lost the memories of where they had started. Like they didn't know they had actually swapped. And then towards the end with these flashbacks, it came back as to who they were and, and what had actually happened. So, cause I, I kind of got the impression that um, that memory was either lost or suppressed. And then it kind of came back when all this came down. With the mom. Yes, was living, with the mom. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. the actual mom. I think, I think that was deliberate because they didn't want to reveal the ending, but I think the mom knew who she was and just didn't want to get caught. Mm -hmm. That's how I took it at the end. So when okay. the untethered, this is, sounds, this is hard to follow, but it's yes. like, <laughs> so when the mom from the underworld came back in the red outfits, right? Mm -hmm. She's in the red outfit. Mm -hmm. The mom that had been living in the regular world knew she was being found out. Right. And by the way, the red outfit, not coincidentally, looks like in a prison jumpsuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was really yeah. like all this, th these, and they were made in a laboratory. That was all, but you know, vagueness like that, don't mind. I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. Like that was like, uh, all right, was it a government experiment? What what exactly happened? I don't need to know. I just know need to know that they're there and they have these tunnels and they all live underground. And what, what was, un, uh, again, deliberately unclear, which was great, how many are there and where are they? And is there a double for, for everybody? Yeah. And yeah. So the, all that stuff I thought really unfolded nicely. Now, here's the one main flaw, other than the kitchen sinky end I had with the movie, because it was a concept that I thought they should have cut out, but it still ended up in the movie. Maybe they couldn't have reshot it. Like, remember the two dads fighting on the boat? Right. And then the real dad realizes that, oh, if I bang my head against the boat, my untethered double will feel it. And that happened. He banged his head, and then the untethered double knocked back, and he helped get him off the boat. If that's true then the untethered people stabbing 
the other people, they would feel that stabbing if like each one yeah, kind of feels yeah, yeah, the yeah. others, you know, the double. So I'm like, well, maybe just that doesn't really work in the whole grand scheme. Like, I feel like that was an idea that they never kind of retconned or corrected and they never shot that, reshot that sequence because that was kind of like, well, wait, that, that happened once in this entire movie, but that's kind of important if this is what everybody's doing. So, right. That's mm-hmm. a good point. That is mm-hmm. one of the things that they, you, I, I see that like, <laughs> They added too much. Right. Like mm-hmm. leaving some things vague is fine, but then when you introduce that specific thing. Right. Because it was so clear. The people came in the red suits and just started murdering their yes. counterparts. Mm-hmm. Murdering them. Right. Like mm-hmm. horrifically murdering them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which was sort of part of the horrorness of it. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And the way, I loved the way they had them, like they would creepy crawl or walk. or Oh, like, fantastic. It was yeah. really, mm-hmm. really awesome. I'll tell you the one one of the things that um, I find Jordan Peele is very very good at. I mean, you could say he's good at like all the metaphors and you know what horror stands for. That's true, but when you get into the um, mechanics of how you create horror and tension, um, he's really really good at building a sense of what's called a sense of dread. So, you know, everything from, and that's one thing that Get Out and us had in common. Like it was this slow build of horror With, and, and that's like Hitchcockian. Well, yeah, and yeah. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's good horror directing because yes. what he's doing mm-hmm. is the slow camera moves, mm-hmm. the creepy music that starts right. to kind of build slowly mm-hmm. crescendo wise. Yep. All this, like... If people getting slaughtered in every scene, then you be, it doesn't matter. You become numb to it. There's no tension. There, there's nothing there. Just, so, but he, And he knows that. And he knows that. Mm-hmm. So he builds this tension mm-hmm. and, and this, like, as you say, the sense of dread and this, mm-hmm. like, oh, God. That is effective horror filmmaking. Yes. When people in the audience are going, oh, God, oh, God, something horrible is right. happening. <laughs> and all you're actually seeing is just a pan across a field or something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that. But you, the music... And the slow pan makes you go, oh boy, <laughs> here's some creepy shit is happening. Just like a family standing silhouetted by backlight mm-hmm. and they're not talking. And they're not moving. They're not moving, yeah. they're not talking and you're like, oh God. Mm. And then what I loved about it too is that when they did move, it wasn't like a slow, sleepy kind of no. crawl or walk up and then all of a sudden they just exploded into movement. Like, oh my God, they're literally- be scattered yeah, like yeah, rats. Like, yeah, just, yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. Like just animals yeah. scattering and, and basically attacking the house. Um, so it was really cool. I mean, I, I could have used a little bit of, a little less of the only white characters were insufferable like that. I'm like, I get what you're, you're coming. I get what you're doing, but, um, yeah, you didn't have to make them that insufferable. Like, uh, I didn't mind like, it. like it was, it was very, you know, cliche white entitlement that was there. And I, I understand that that, you know, was a point that was being made by the film, um, and also what I like, too, is although that, you know, the, the black family was, you know, entitled as well. And then they, they kind of showed that. Um, uh, but it was like, uh, um, like okay, you know, I, I got it. You know, they're assholes. Like, you know, out of the four, could you made maybe one of the daughters polite and empathetic? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> maybe just at some point. <laughs> well, I think I did, I, the way I saw that, I didn't see it as like, I mean, I know he was obviously making some comments on mm-hmm. white entitlement, mm-hmm. but to me it was just everybody, both families yes. don't realize how good they have it. They're in right. these nice vacation homes. They have all this, both families have all yes. this privilege and mm-hmm. upper middle class living. 
And then there's, you know, husband bought a boat. Yeah, the husband <laughs> bought a boat. The kids are complaining. Everyone's mm. always bitching at each other. Right. I, I mean, I just see a lot of that in American lifestyle, regardless mm-hmm. of ethnicity. And that, to me, made more sense because that was the the underdwellers or whatever the hell you want right. to call them mm-hmm. um, were denied this access. Really, it was more like I didn't see it as race so much as like the class. Mm-hmm. Um struggle that we have in this country of like a a bunch of people living really well and then there's 40 million people in america that are in poverty and they're of all ethnicities and poverty so that's how i took it at least maybe that's Mm -hmm. my lefty socialist view of the world is Mm -hmm. it's it's all everything's toxic capitalism (laughs) but that's kind of how i viewed it is just like Mm -hmm. we're enjoying this nice privileged lifestyle and we're bitching about you know Mm -hmm. complaining about all these petty things while there's people living in abject poverty and now they're going to come back out of the sewers and murder and murder their uh yeah their doubles yeah Mm -hmm. so like there was uh, a lot of you know, interesting parallels like, uh, and I didn't need all of this explained. It was really just interesting. Like, we, you know, when someone is born up on the surface, are they born underneath too? Because it seems like, uh, um, like, you know, there was the same amount of kids, but also there was that speech when the, you know, untethered mother was talking to the regular mother and said, you know, you, your child was born in a hospital, you know, um, you know, under, sedation and uh you know medical care like you know i had to tear mine out of me of like you know a c-section and uh so there was also that um interesting parallel of like all right well if this is happening here i guess the exact same thing is happening here but in a much different way so but for every one person above there's one person below and I, i liked the ending shot too of like the hands across america in the uh in the valley but then also I mean, it made perfect sense. There were there would be survivors of you know this this assault, and they were in helicopters checking it out. Like you know, you wonder what would happen next. Uh, would the military be able to wipe out all of them? Would they actually attack, or are they just literally just they killed their doubles, and now they're just going to stand there for hands across America? Yeah, like you know, there was. Uh, um, there was a lot of interesting things kind of happening towards the end. Like I said, I thought that was a little too much, but, um, I mean, I, again, nitpicking, like I liked the film. I really thought, you know, it had a lot to say. It was interesting, but the most important thing that this film was, was a good horror movie. I mean, that's it said it, it reached its goal for well, sure. It's what we said on the regular episode of like, and we say this a lot, horror and action, we're a little more forgiving in terms yes. of plot and dialogue mm-hmm. and st- story structure, as long as it's got what you want, which is scared, right. creepy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like a martial arts movie. You know, the, the difference between the genres, it's interesting you you say that, too, because I think horror has a um, a much wider range of those things. Like, you could have all those things in a horror movie, but you could also have... Um, artsy horror movies there's not really a lot of artsy action movies no. <laughs> like, i mean you could argue that like um hard-boiled or like john woo the way he directs sure. uh could be you know a little more stylized but you know for the most part action's action you yeah know. action's <laughs> action and even specific to the martial art category mm-hmm. we just want to see cool fighting yes Mm-hmm. Cool fight, Corey. I don't. You're avenging your brother, your sister got a thing, and you mm-hmm. got to go settle. The, great, right? Settle the score, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't mm-hmm. care. Like, go kick some ass. <laughs> yeah. And I think m- maybe for me personally, I have a little more expectation of a horror movie mm-hmm. because you're going to include some type of science fiction rules 
or something like we talk about, you can't introduce this thing and then not right. explain it. Exactly. Like you can't, if you're going to introduce rules, stick to them. Stick to the rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, maybe a little less forgiving on the horror side than I would be with just like a martial art or a straight action movie. Sure, sure. Like obviously we're all fired up to go see Fast and Furious, Hobbs yes. and Shaw. Yeah. I mean, there's certain rules that'll get broken, like gravity. Yeah, physics. <laughs> uh, yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> right. Um, international law. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Um, steroid usage. Steroid, steroid usage. Uh, Interpol. You know, <laughs> things like that. Yep. Um, but the horror, the horror genre needs to have a little more structure to it by comparison. Right. But less structure than like a drama, than right. a three-act drama or historical drama or whatever. Mm. So Biopic. I, biopic. Yeah, mm. I think it did all the things that made it entertaining and it made it a good horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so scared and drawn into it that some of the convolution of the ending, I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. I just went like, with it. I yeah. like the fact that, 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 that the girl, you know, the mom from the red suit underworld actually was the real girl right. who was plotting this revenge scheme for decades. Mm-hmm. That made me go great. The hands mm-hmm. of America, why are there helicopters? Eh. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just went with it. I went with mm-hmm. it. I went with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's... So, for sure, check it out. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen this, if you like yeah. Get Out, you got to watch this. Yeah, and, and it's if just you like, like horror, you'll like it, too. He's two and for it. two. So, now yeah. it's like, Jordan Peele's got a new movie out. I'm going to see it. Right, for I'm going to sure. see it. Mm-hmm. It's that. He, yeah. I'm in. So, unless he goes all M. Night Shyamalan on us. I, I don't think he will. No. I mean, I, I'm not guaranteeing that <laughs> but uh, i think we you know we're in he's in after the you know the it's always the second movie that kind of is telling like if the second movie if this was a disaster you know immediately oh, he's had one good movie in him yeah or thing. he yeah. felt he i didn't feel like he's he fell into this trap that some filmmakers after having a really good breakout right. of like, gotta do that exact same thing again yes yeah and mm-hmm. oh i always do this thing in my right. movie so i mm-hmm. guess i need to do that again no right he didn't he doesn't always have to have a crazy twist or ending. Mm-hmm. It just happened to have one for this and it made mm-hmm. sense. Right. It made sense in the storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm, and the, and you can tell he grew up watching horror movies. He loves the genre. Mm-hmm. He really takes care in finding a cool, creative story to tell within the genre. Right. And honestly, he could probably direct a bunch of different types of genres if he wanted to, as my guess. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see more of his work. So, all right. Now let's talk about uh, Shazam. Um, like I said, I really liked this movie and uh, there was some cool stuff. Like I love the Shazam kids at the end because I know that that is part of the the mythology and uh, it was really, really cool to see. It had some great moments in it. Like I said, it was like DC's Marvel movie. It hit, it hit all the Marvel beats and I love the fact that, um, you know, he was kind of an asshole. Like uh, when, it, you know, because mm-hmm. a kid getting superpowers, of course he would use it for yeah. dumb, petty Stupid things. Stupid crap. Of course he take would. Take pictures, of he make would. money. And- now, the biggest complaint I heard from people about this movie is that because it's a very difficult character to film because you've got a kid and then you've got an adult acting like that kid which you basically have two actors of two very different ages so you know the director has to coincide them a little bit and people were saying that there was a disconnect between how the kid would act and how he would act as an adult i mean there was a little bit to that but honestly i was watching and i'm like it's kind of forgiving because um zachary Levi, I really felt like he acted like how any kid would act when getting those powers. So it didn't really bother me. I didn't see the disconnect as as um, strongly as other people 
seem to see it. So I was definitely a little more forgiving of it. Um, I loved the end. I, lo- I thought that was monsters. I thought they were really cool. Uh, I thought it had some really good funny lines. Like I said, they were um, they were kind of way out of context in the trailer, where in the movie they were actually much funnier. Even the ones that were in the trailer oh, yeah. were were funnier because they were they were put together properly. Um, there were some cool cameos. Like I liked, you know, that caterpillar is a, a giant supervillain called Mister Mind, who's like an alien mm-hmm. inside, and uh, um, the one cameo, the Superman cameo at the end, I thought was stupid because I mean you're going to show Superman and not show his face because you couldn't get Henry Cavill. I mean, there, there's, there was no way to work around that, really. <laughs> so we just saw, you know, the S. So I didn't love that. But I, I actually liked them using the Batarangs more than like a fake half cameo from Superman. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I didn't have a problem with the not seeing Superman's head. I just mm-hmm. was like, ah, some contractual. Yeah, thing. yeah. I didn't have a problem with it. But mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I thought. It wasn't it, necessary. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, it didn't get in the way for me. I thought yeah. it was actually kind of seeing the Superman outfit, seeing the person and going, oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Just to go, that's right. Shazam is a part of this universe. This DC universe, yeah. Which, you know, that's the thing Marvel has been so effective at, especially mm-hmm. with the stingers at the end right. of saying, you know, because the You probably Shaz- could have gotten Ezra Miller pretty easily. You know, Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I didn't I didn't have a problem with that. I like the Batarang thing. Mm-hmm. I really love the ending of introducing because it really was like this was an origin story and it ended with oh now we're going to get the whole shazam team right the shazam family we're going to get to meet all them in future movies man Mm -hmm. i'm in and it made sense from the like the shazam underworld they brought them all back to life right i I loved all that And, and going to the zachary levi thing you know People saying it, it it was uneven from the kid to the adult. I didn't have a problem with it either because, again, the director David S. Sandberg. Um, I thought he, the 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 tipping of the hat to Big on several occasions. Right. One of the things that that I, I'm he probably did that seemed to really that that I, that worked for me and made sense was so Tom Hanks didn't act like a 12-year-old boy in Big. He acted like a 12-year-old boy that was now in an adult's body. Right. Who went, oh, I know how adults act. I watch them act. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to act that way. Right. I, I should act like an adult now that I'm tall. Mm-hmm. And that's what Shazam, that's what Zachary right. Le- Levi did. And I thought mm-hmm. he did a good job of, oh, he didn't go, what's going on? He yeah, went, oh, yeah. I'm a superhero. I'm going to mm-hmm. act like I think I yeah. should. Mm-hmm. You know, like kids pretending like i'm an adult i'm gonna say adult things with my wallet or whatever and that was a funny scene too like when he was learning the powers and there were the robbers in the store he gives the gun back like shoot him in the face see if he's bulletproof in the face yeah 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 that was funny although i in the back of my head it was like you know what about a ricochet that could hit that kid if he's bulletproof (laughs) right but a kid wouldn't think that right a 12 year old wouldn't think of the consequences Mm -hmm. when i was 12 let I think about all the dumb crap. Well, we'll just jump our bikes and we'll set this thing on fire. Right. And adult at the can- same time. At the same time, <laughs> an adult comes in and goes, "What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> this fire could spread." And you go, "Oh, you didn't mm-hmm. think of that because mm-hmm. you're a dumb twelve-year-old." Right. So that to me was one of the things I thought. That's exactly what I would do. Shoot me in the face. Yeah. I wouldn't think ricochet. <laughs> I wouldn't think any of that. Maybe it's the suit. I don't know. Like not the hand. Was the literally went right to the face. Yeah. yeah. No one thinks. 
What if it isn't your face? Yeah. <laughs> what if you're not protected? No one right. thinks that. No one asks that question because a 12-year-old wouldn't. A 12-year-old right. would just go, I've got superpower. Shoot yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to buy beer. I remember mm-hmm. being 12, 11, 12 years old and shooting BBs at each other. Right. No one was like, that could go in someone's eye and they're going to be blinded yeah. forever. Yeah. And a friend of mine was coming. We were up in my buddy's, Andy Olson's house in Madison, Wisconsin. And we had this BB, this hand BB gun. Mm-hmm. And our buddy comes up, Phil Cranley, and we start shooting him. So what does he do? He picks up Andy's younger brother, Nick, who was like seven or eight, and holds him up as a shield. Oh, my God. (laughs) And we still shoot. (laughs) And I remember seeing, we laughed because Nick's hair, we shot him and it kind of hit him in the head, and his hair sprung up. Mm -hmm. And we thought it was funny, and then his brother's laughing. Mm -hmm. I look back at that and go, Oh my God, was that the most yeah. horrible? We could have blinded <laughs> yeah. two people. That was at the, the same worst time. at the same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Just thought it was funny when yeah. I was 12. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember a friend of mine who had an air rifle was telling the story of like, uh, you know, they would, same thing, they would shoot each other with them. They said apparently um, one of them got hit at just the right angle that it actually went into their arm, like under the skin and got stuck there. So they actually had to move it around until they would found the, the entry hole to actually get it out like an actual bullet. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, not a great thing to do, shooting each other with BB guns. <laughs> but that's the thing where it was like, of course he would say shoot me in the mm-hmm. face and mm-hmm. not think of the right. consequences mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And I so I really liked... Again, we talked about in the regular episode, they did they, they cut the trailer all weird. Yes. And, and uh, the other thing, too, which was great, is it was an origin story, but it was an actual story, and it had a beginning and a middle, and then they weren't so um, dead set on, we got to set this in part of the universe, we got to set it up for a Justice League, blah, 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 blah. And that always fails, and it always doesn't work. Like, you know, what Universal did with The Mummy. It was like, we're going to set up this new one. No, you have to make a good movie first. You know, that's the main goal, and that's what they did. I mean, this was a, this movie had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And, you know, will there be another Shazam movie? Sure, I'm sure there will be. There's going to be a Black Adam movie. Most likely, there'll be a Shazam movie, then a Black Adam movie, then a Shazam movie with both of them in it. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be what happens, but who knows? You know, contracts change or slates change. It could be two Shazams, Black Adam, and a third. Who, who You know, we, we don't know. But most likely, I mean, I think that now, because Shazam did well, I think the Black Adam movie will probably move up a little bit on the uh, production slate. Yeah, it wasn't that thing of, like you say, when they do it incorrectly and they try to force it, you're just like, oh, great. Yeah, I don't care about this movie oh. or the entire universe that you're trying to set up. They did a, a great job of good standalone Shazam movie. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, tied it to the DC universe right. to make me interested to see more. And add a, a, um, you know, an evil alien caterpillar who can control minds. Great. Great. Love it. <laughs> That's fine. I'm in. Mm-hmm. And then the whole Shazam team. So I'm, so they just introduce all the Shazam. I'm like, I'm going to get backstories on all these folks. Right. This is mm-hmm. going to be rad. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think they did a good job. Those actors and the directing did a good job, even in, in the short time that we see them at the end of the movie, of, of doing that same thing of, because we've met the kids throughout the movie. Right. We know how the kids act. And the adult superhero versions were all doing... Kid stuff. Kid yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but going, oh, wow, I got powers. This is yeah, rad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just like Shazam too. Um, so I think like they did a great job of of... of of tying that in and showing the kids. And also I think it kind of answers the question that we asked two years ago 
when we were watching Wonder Woman is was Wonder Woman just a standalone good DC movie or has DC learned from it and self-corrected? Yeah. And it feels like, yes, it feels yes. like now we've got, because it took, I, it took them long enough, but they, they yeah. figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want the DC. I love watching DC films. Yeah. I grew up, re, I was a DC guy growing up. So, and I, you know, they were just waiting and like, come on, come on, uh, Disney fire, James Gunn, fire James Gunn <laughs> for a couple of tweets. We can get him for suicide squad. Wait, wait, don't, don't ruin it. Don't jump the gun. Sure enough. Boom. What was it? A day later that mm-hmm. then they hired him. And now he's doing both. Boy, did that work out? <laughs> Well, because if, they, if they're learning and they're making the... I mean, if the Shazam world and... Look, they tied Wonder Woman very loosely into the Justice League without jamming that down our throats. It's another right. reason why the Wonder Woman was so good is the same things. They made a great standalone Wonder Woman movie mm-hmm. and also said, by the way, it's tied to um, it's it's tied to the DC universe. Yeah, and, and also all that... The DC universe that's been established that nobody liked is a lot of that's going away. Like uh, Ben Affleck's not playing Batman anymore. Sure. Uh, we have a standalone Joker movie that's not even good. You know, might have Batman in it, but most likely, if that happens, it'll be like in shadow or from the. You're right. not going to see an actual actor's face. And then you also have, um, you know, Henry Cavill. It's, I've been seeing like it's not definite that he's going to come back as Superman anymore either. So nobody's really sure what the. Uh, future is of these actors and these characters, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Yeah, that's, you know, that, you know, you you have time to figure that out, and don't be afraid of completely rebooting and recasting. Because if there were two characters that could use it, it's Batman and Superman that yeah. they've done lately. And the other thing they didn't do is they didn't go, oh, let's make Shazam dark and brooding. Right, thank God. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they made Shazam Shazam. Right. Mm-hmm. They made him a Bill- Billy Bats. They made him a kid who yeah. got superpowers. All he was missing was an RV. That's <laughs> that's <laughs> it. So, uh, Graham, we have some Patreon supporters. Oh, I love the Patreon supporters. Yep. Um, Will Leonard, his wife, uh, Katie Bagwell, is once again riding the MS-150, a fundraising ride that is helping fuel progress toward a world free of MS. And she's riding from Houston to Austin at the end of April. The money raised will help fund amazing progress in MS research. Uh, check out her donation page at willthetd.com, W-I-L-T-H-E-T-D.com slash C-F-N. Help her achieve her goal. And Johnny Rulon is promoting his novel Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's available on Amazon, both digital and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel, which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and immortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com. That's happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And Fanboy Planet is a website and podcast for all things geeky and amazing. Check out Fanboy Planet for your comic news, your movie news, TV news, and amazing industry and in- interviews with industry insiders and artists. Fanboyplanet.com. And from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide, a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death. One cup of coffee at a time. Find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com. That's coffeeoversuicide.com. And new episodes every Friday. And Alice Frazier host of the Bugle podcast and host of Tea with Alice brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. They were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival uh, with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. AliceFraser.com, AliceFraser.com with an S. And Rebecca Evans, the art podcast. When we move past hesitation and we're true to ourselves and find our own art in life. Check out the new episode with comic author and musician Greg Barron, theartpodcasts.com, with an S. All right. So uh, how do we want to wrap up with the uh, the spoilers? Well, you know, I... Any, I, any closing thoughts, Graham? Closing thoughts. 
you know, all positive. I'm excited for more Jordan Peele movies. Yes. I'm excited for more Shazam movies. I am. And, you know, it, it, it also, I, I don't know. I, I think the thing about DC, it's not like Marvel. It's not like there's a trend. Oh, this one's going to be good, so this one's going to be good. All the DC movies still need to be judged individually on their own strengths and weaknesses. Like, uh, it's great when one works out, like... Um, you know, like Wonder Woman or Shazam, but that doesn't necessarily mean Joker's going to be great. You know, you don't like, you, know, you, you don't know. We watched that Joker trailer a couple weeks ago and man, I don't know. It's yeah. going to be amazing. It's going to be awful. I have no idea. Yeah. you. That's like one that could really go either way. I will say this though. That's the kind of movie that I don't think it's going to be in the middle. I think it's really going to be like really interesting and cool or it's going to be an absolute misfire just a disaster yeah, yeah i think it's i don't think it's gonna be middle of the road so yeah i mean i'm excited i'd love to i'd love to i, I like this idea that oh i don't have to, i'm not gonna just automatically write off a dc movie Mm-mm. i'm gonna go all right you know um, you 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 you're starting to get me yeah yeah a little bit i remember i mean aquaman was a step in the right direction but aquaman was not a great movie there's still only two mm-hmm. that were really good so it's really like you know, we'll see what else they they have to offer. It's this Joker mm-hmm. movie is going to really tell us. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the new Suicide Squad with James Gunn behind it will really kind of retool that story. For Suicide sure. Squad yeah. was such a misfire. Yeah, man. it was a disaster. So to have James Gunn do this will be really interesting. Mm-hmm. And if and if that Suicide Squad is good after the first one being so awful, then it's like right. okay. What, my favorite parts of Suicide Squad is I've never seen a movie open eight times and take an hour before. Like you, you have you put eight openings in a movie, right. back to strung back to back. There's nothing in the middle, and then there's uh, an ending that makes no sense, and then just oh, you must have had some money left over in the CG budget because now because every, <laughs> now everything's animated. So, um, all right, that is our spoiler that show. Is. Double double shot of spoilers ninety three. Yeah, us and Shazam. Check Mm -hmm. them out. Let us know what you think of both movies on the Comedy Film Nerds message boards. Please do. And great ways to support the the show are to go to patreon.com slash comedyfilmnerds. Buy something in the store. We always say you spend $20 with us once a year. That helps keep keep everything moving. Oh, that is great. You can buy uh, my graphic novel. Um, Graham has shirts and CDs there. You could buy earbuds. In fact, some people are still downloading Afghanistan, too. It's only like $4.99. Check it out. Um, and also, you know, like I said, we have downloads of earbuds, including the extras too. Like if, so if you bought a, uh, or watched it on Amazon prime, you know, for another couple bucks, you get like an hour's worth of extras. If you want to see more behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. It was such a cool movie to do. Mm-hmm. And it was it really, uh, it's, it's such a wonderful glimpse into podcasting. Yep. Um, and you don't want to, if you don't want to pay us directly, just watch it on uh, Amazon prime 80 times and 80 that'll times. get us a couple dollars. That always helps. That always helps. <laughs> Uh, so that's our show. Spoiler up 93 in the books. Lock it down. Thank you, Aaron Brungard, and everyone here at the All Things Comedy World Podcasting Headquarters in beautiful downtown Burbank. <laughs> uh, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.